And we're kind of figuring out what happened on Tuesday evening as Election Day 2023 nationwide went down. Hello, John Rawl is my name, and this is the show all about the South. If you've got something to say, we want to hear from you here, especially if you've got something to say about the politics and what exactly happened Tuesday. As if you're a person who is all for abortion, if you're a liberal, a Democrat, you, you ought to be smiling pretty big today. you got a lot to be happy about. Even though some devastating poll numbers came out right before the poll or the election results were announced Tuesday evening, not good news for Joe Biden. But hey, abortion rules the day once again. And if you want to win a election these days, just come out and say I'm for abortion. You know, I'm I, I had nothing to do with the Dobbs decision. I nothing. I, I was all for Roe versus Wade. If you if you come out that way, you're you're, you're going to win. You're going to win. Why am I saying that here? John Rawl is my name. Look at the results. On Tuesday, you had Andy Bashir, who's not going to win the award for the most pro-abortion kind of governor, but he successfully beat off a guy that was all about pro-life, that's Daniel Cameron, in a very red state of Kentucky, and Andy Bashir wins a second term. But the bigger news came from Virginia, in my opinion, where that southern state flipped one of their bodies of government back to being Democrat because abortion was a big issue in the House of Delegates there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And Governor Yunkin there, who was hoping to get Republicans in charge of both bodies of the legislative process of Virginia, absolutely failed. His star is a lot less bright today as it was on Tuesday. He thought man, if we could get control of both houses of government in Virginia, then I'm only going to be able to serve one term because that's the rules in Virginia. I'm going to be the hottest thing going in Republican politics. I won an election in a blue state two years ago, and now I've helped get this state, at least from a state governmental standpoint, in Republican hands in both houses of government. Guess what? That's not the case now for Glenn Youngkin. And Virginia waking up today to having a Republican governor and then back to having two bodies of government in Richmond that are Democratic-controlled. And if you aren't following along with all the abortion praise here today, go look at Ohio, a state that roughly went 10 points in favor of Trump in 2020, and they passed their constitutional, constitutional amendment or whatever it was, some kind of deal that puts into the constitution of that state that you can have an abortion. And that thing passed easily, as well as the rule now that you can smoke dope, marijuana specifically, and and a recreational form in the birthplace of aviation. So those are the big stories from an abortion standpoint that happened on Tuesday. Abortion has not failed at all in any of our election since the Dobbs decision. The biggest example of that was when Kansas chose a governor that was a Democrat in a a state that's very conservative, and it was all because of abortion. You're having far too many Republican voters, probably, I'm going to just throw it out there, Republican women, I don't know for sure, but you've got a lot of 
of Republicans who may consider themselves conservative, but on abortion, they are not afraid to cast their vote for the the Dems, to the libs, to, I guess what some pro-lifers would say, to the baby killers. And that's exactly what you're seeing, and it's that it, they are yet to be beat at the poll at the at the election polls, and it's this is not looking good for 2024. I think there's a real nightmare for Republicans for conservatives that the abortion decision that the Supreme Court did with the Dobbs decision could end up being a game changer and making Democrats have. Control for a long, 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 long time everywhere, not just in Washington, D.C. I'm talking everywhere because Democratic commercials are going to keep pounding the fact that look at these Republicans over here and their little leader back in 2020, Donald Trump. They they took away your right for you to decide what you wanted to do with your body. And there are some definite women out there who might even be on the conservative side, they don't want to hear nothing about abortion coming from a fella. And that includes me. That includes a guy that talks on the radio, talks on a podcast. They value that whole abortion topic as something deeply personal. And the last thing they want to hear is a couple of guys, maybe even a couple of white guys deciding what to do with their body. And that independent streak comes through when they go into a voting booth. So it's not good news at all for Republicans today. It is not good news going forward because they have a literally a bleeding body that can't be salvaged at this point. There's no tourniquet that anybody has produced thus far that's going to help save the Republican Party in any kind of major election coming up. And you're going to see people like Nikki Haley. There is a Republican debate on this Wednesday evening down in Miami. There are five Republicans that will be on stage. Donald Trump will not be there. And you're going to see some of these people like Nikki Haley, a political opportunist who will do anything to get elected. Watch for her on this Wednesday debate. Shift her talk. Watch the panelists set her up to shift and where she's, who's been a pro-life governor, all everybody, every Republican should be pro-life. Watch her, though, try to court anybody out there, not just conservatives, but Democrats too. Democrats too. Watch her try to, to, to sway them to her side by saying that, oh, she's always been for a woman to make a choice. Let's see. Let's just see or if she doubles down on pro-life, which it won't take many people too much effort to find her background and how she felt. And I'm I'm only picking on her because she's the only female that's in the race at all. So abortion wins the day on Tuesday, Election Day 2023. There is one bit of good news, conservatives, and I don't think abortion was exactly the hot topic of this race in Mississippi. But Tate Reeves just gets past Brandon Presley, and he is reelected governor of the Magnolia State on Tuesday. So one bit of good news. 
you know, the, the blue tsunami would have definitely been in place had Brandon Presley upset Reeves. And in Mississippi, you got to get 50% plus one to avoid a runoff. And it appears that Reeves has done that. We've got audio coming up of both Andy Bashir and Tate Reeves that we'll be getting to in our headlines today in their victory speeches from Tuesday evening. I do believe Tate Reeves was Tuesday. It could have been early on Wednesday. They had to, you know, in what was it, Hines County, where the state capital is in Jackson, they had to postpone their vote count for about an hour. They ran out of ballots. To Democrats' credit, they drove people to the polling places, to the voting places, to the polls, and they had to extend the hours in that one Mississippi county by an hour. But an election day that, again, abortion rights seem to win the day, and Republicans are going to have to figure this out. I, I really believe that the Republican Party, now that they're one year away from the big election day, when somebody is going to have a chance to be, become a president, the Republican National Committee, they're going to have to they're going to have to have a complete makeover. This whole current trend that's going on and the leadership coming from Washington D.C. It, it it needs new blood. It needs new enthusiasm. Because you're you're on a losing team. And Trump, he needs to be careful how he reacts to what happened Tuesday. The one candidate he really got in and supported was Daniel Cameron, who ends up being a big loser in Kentucky. And Trump loves to have that winning brand. Well, he lost on that one. He definitely lost on Cameron. And we've got the RNC and a year away from the big election, I really think they got to, they've got to find somebody else. The, the The trend of losing is continuing, and they need to probably have somebody completely different, somebody young, really young, somebody that can reach out to those people who are voting. For Democrats, even though they identify as Republicans, because of abortion, that, that's that's my advice. They better have maybe not a leader, but they better have a spokesperson who's trying to figure out this sinking ship. I actually fell asleep Tuesday night intentionally. I usually go to bed at a, at a, at a decent hour, but I really was not sleeping well. So somewhere one to two o'clock in the morning, I was uh, not sleeping well. And I, I woke up and I cut the TV on and I, I found CNN. I, I was wanting confirmation of what was going on in Mississippi, and that's where I discovered that Tate Reeds had successfully been reelected. But it was during that time of watching and flipping through late-night TV that I found an interview that was being conducted live, live on CNN. And Maria, I forgot her last name, it starts with a C. She's a CNN contributor, and she is a Democrat. And I was trying to find the audio earlier of the interview from early today. This was, uh, again, around 2 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) This was airing on CNN. I'm up early working. Maria Cardona is who I'm trying to think of. And she was having a great, great interview alongside the conservative 
panelists that they often have on CNN that used to work for t- Ted Cruz way back in 2015, 2016. And she's a, a Georgia lady. I forgot her name. But Maria Cardona is who I'm really trying to talk about. Maria said it best. If you're doubting what I'm saying today, what's going on in Republican politics, just go find that clip if it becomes available. Maria, she laid it all out for everybody. She said, basically, Republicans who keep going back to abortion talk and trying to come up with all these restrictions and laws and all that, it's a losing measure. I mean, and she's a Democrat, and she's saying that Republicans bringing up abortion is a losing matter, and you're going to lose every time, she said. And so if you follow what she's saying, you just need to not only raise a white flag on abortion for Republicans, but you don't ever need to mention the word abortion again. It's over. It's over if you want to ever win her thoughts, but based on the empirical evidence that we've seen, I think she's on to something. And a lot of the the faults, don't, bl- don't blame Democrats, blame those closet conservatives that aren't pro-life evidently. They may walk the walk, but they don't talk the talk, or they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, whatever it is. Pretty fascinating stuff at 2 o'clock in the morning. We will have more on this big election night as we go forward on today's show. Let me also tell you about some localized elections that have gone on in the South on Election Day. Most of the talk about Virginia, Kentucky, even a little bit about Missouri, but there were a couple of municipal elections that have taken place on Election Day 2023. And we've got a runoff now set for the fourth largest city in the country as there will be a runoff coming up in a few weeks between U.S. Congressman Sheila Lee of Houston. She represents Congress. She's a very famous person. She actually went to Harvard and was a Harvard classmate of Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones. Impressive there. But Representative Lee has a runoff set for December 9th to be the mayor of Houston and she'll be going up against Texas State Senator John Whitmire. Both of these are Democrats. If elected, Sheila Lee would be Houston's first black female mayor. And she's been in Congress since way back in 1995. A little surprising that she's going to leave Congress to try to be the mayor of Houston, H-Town, but that. That's what she's attempting to do. Maybe she's tired of all the goings-on of D.C. But, yes, she and this state senator now have a runoff set for December 9th to become the next mayor of Houston, Texas. There also was a election on Tuesday in another Texas town, Uvalde, Texas, the same town that had that terrible shooting that killed so many innocent lives at Robb Elementary School. And Matthew McConaughey's hometown On Tuesday, they had an election, and the former mayor of that town, Cody Smith, won his job back after he knocked off in a mayoral vote for Uvalde. He beat Kimberly Rubio, who was the mother of one of the youngsters killed in that 2022 deadly mass shooting 
at Robb Elementary School as Rubio was one, the parent of one of the 19 children killed. And she decided to run for mayor of Uvalde, but she lost out on her effort to become that town. I guess it's west of San Antonio is where it's located in Texas. And the former mayor now back in office, Cody Smith, news out of Texas on this Wednesday Y'all Show. We've got more headlines. We actually have some non-political items to tell you about when we come forward. And we'll get into the non-political stuff when we return. This is the Y'all Show powered by y'all.com, the South's homepage. If you get a chance, log on to y'all and see all of the fun stories that we've got up, stories about all the fun country music news and notes. We've got great stuff about fixing your home, taking care of your yard, making you feel good, y'all.com, which powers the Y'all Show. We got more of this show Headed up right after the break. that plow, bailing that hay, feeding them cows from the roost to crow till another long day is gone, country on. Hey, big rig, keep clocking in miles, pulling that horn, making us smile, rolling that load down the road all night long, country on. Hey, cowboy, keep slinging that rope, eating that dirt. A lead rodeo, but just don't break no bones. Country on. Hey, barkeep, how about another round? Keep the neon lit in this crazy town. Just pour a little more. Country on. Country on. Yeah. Country on. Country on, and country's going to be front and center on this Wednesday evening if you have a chance to tune in to the CMA Awards. And the fella singing that song right there is going to be front and center for most of the night as Luke Bryan will be joined by Peyton Manning to help co-host the CMA Awards. Watch out for people like Laney Wilson and Morgan Wallen and more to fill up the night. Laney, by the way, one of the leading nominees as she's competing for Entertainer of the Year. She'll be going up against Carrie Underwood, Chris Stapleton, Morgan Wallen, and Luke Combs. Again, Peyton Manning getting the chance to host this thing. I'm not sure who picked that one. Where's, where's Dolly when you need her? One of the great things of this evening's broadcast, as you can see, a musical tribute to Jimmy Buffett. And I know the Zach Brown band's going to be a big part of that tribute. Of course, Buffett and ZBB had at least one big song together. Other of the, some of the new artists that will be up for some of the best new artist awards, Jelly Roll, 
as well as Zach Bryan, Parker McCollum, Megan Maroney, and Haley Witters. How about that? It's the CMA Awards, again, airing on this Wednesday evening on ABC, starting at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. We're back on the Y'all Show, and we're country owning and on, <laughs> and we're going to get away from some of that political talk. That's what uh, dominated this first hour of this Wednesday Y'all Show. Other goings-on across the south, across the country today that's in a non-political arena. How about a guy who fills up NBA arenas, Mark Cuban? A question was recently asked of the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and the uh, I don't know how you put Mark Cuban. He's a, he's really a he's really a one of a kind guy. And I've been saying we're not going to talk about politics. I really thought Cuban might run for president. You know, he was kind of being flirted about when Trump was president that he he might be the Democratic answer to Trump. Although he's not a hardcore Democrat, he's really more of an independent. I guess is how he would most likely describe himself. But Cuban has been asking an important question. The Pittsburgh native that lives in the Dallas area now, of course, 65 years old, was asked a question about if he needed to rebuild his fortune from scratch in six months, starting with just just a phone and $500 in cash, what would he do? And Cuban responded, that that is the best question I have been asked in my entire adult life. This was a question asked by the outlet Wired in a recent Q&A. He said his first step would be to land a sales job and use one of his best skills to quickly get ahead. It might not even make a difference what product or service that he'd be selling. He says, I'm really, really good at sales. I'm going to find a sales job because I already know that if I'm down to my last $500, and all I have is a phone, I'm going to get that job. I am going to learn more about the industry than anyone on the planet. So all you folks who are scared to get into sales, let Mark Cuban be an example. Of course, he got his big money from the software industry, I think. Uh, Something to do with the cyber world is how he made his fortune. But, yeah, a question asked to him, what would he do? And he wants to take the opportunity to get back into sales and make that money. Usually people who make lots of money in sales get there because they're good at people skills. You you don't become a great salesperson by texting Texting only. You, you got to go meet people. You, you got to have a relationship if you want to make the big money. Unless it's all changed. And I, don't, I don't think it has, but, you know, we got a whole new generation coming up who don't really like to have telephone conversations. They don't necessarily like to have in-person conversations. This might be the great time to get into sales. You can just say, hey, buy this for me, please. Okay. Text. LOL. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> all right. Good question there. From Wired to Mark Cuban, and a nice response. The 65-year-old Cuban, the Yankee that he is, pretty good-looking fellow, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? How about another Yankee to tell you about here that's no doubt a good-looking fellow? As Patrick Dempsey, are you familiar with him? He's been named 
Sexiest Man Alive from People Magazine. Now, Dempsey is a he's a Yankee. Now, I don't consider people from Maine to be the worst Yankees out there. They're, the Mainers are somewhat off to themselves. They might as well be on an island, in my opinion. How many times have you run across people from Maine? It doesn't happen too much. He grew up in Lewiston, Maine, but Patrick Dempsey, the actor that you might know from shows like Grey's Anatomy, where he's played McDreamy on that, been in a bunch of stuff like in the 80s he played on the movies. He was in the movies Can't Buy Me Love and Lover Boy. Dempsey, as a child, would ultimately move to Houston, Texas, and in Houston he attended Willow Ridge High School. Then he went on to go try that acting thing. And the 57-year-old, again, who spent most of his early years in Maine but did get to the South as soon as he could, people has named him Sexiest Man Alive. He's not just a Grey's Anatomy star, but he's also a race car driver. And, wow, what a great job. He took the role of Sexiest Man Alive away from Chris Evans last year's pick and the 57 year old Dempsey having some fun now with his title. You'd think the sexiest man alive might be a little bit younger than 57, but kudos to him. And for all the uh, 50 somethings out there, Patrick Dempsey getting it done. Got that silver Fox hair going on. Yeah. Good job there. Yank Yank Texan that you are Patrick Dempsey. Sexiest man alive. Here's a guy that has a connection to Texas, and a lot of you might find him sexy. Steve Martin, the great comedian, actor, and bluegrass picker. He's in the news because there is a public school system in the state of Florida that has banned one of Steve Martin's books. His book called Shop Girl. I didn't realize he was an author, but evidently Steve Martin. This is no joke. (laughs) He's got a book called Shop Girl, and it has now been banned in Collier County, Florida. And now Steve, the 78-year-old funny man, out on social media saying, now people who want to read it will have to buy a copy. I guess instead of going into the Collier County Public Library and the public schools there to pick up a copy of Shop Girl. Now, this book came out way back in 2000. It was even turned into a movie by the same name. And it's now one of 300 titles banned in the libraries in Florida's public schools and their system. The move comes after Governor Ron DeSantis signed legislation in 2022 that requires school libraries in Florida to seek community input on the materials they make available to students. And Steve Martin's book didn't make the cut. Book bans in Florida, and it's making Steve Martin a little hot under the collar. He needs to come down there and play a little banjo and see if he can't promote his book even more. Didn't I did not realize he was into the world of book writing, but kudos to him. Those are some of our news headlines. We've got lots more to get to as we walk through this Wednesday Y'all Show together. We're going to tell you about a special flavor 
of ice cream just in time for Thanksgiving. We're two weeks away from Thanksgiving, and Baskin-Robbins has a perfect ice cream flavor for the big holiday coming up in a couple of weeks. we got that story we're going to tell you about. And going back to some of our political coverage of the day, we've got audio coming up in hour two from Andy Bashir, governor of Kentucky, the newly reelected governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. We've got that coming. Oh, so much coming up on this y'all show. When we return from the break, stay tuned because we've got hashtag holy coming up. This is where fun things on social media kind of pop up. And we're going to tell you all about Branson, Missouri. And we're going to have a little bit of a dialect discussion. What y'all talking about? (laughs) Dialect discussion coming up right after this. When the night has come And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see Do I want be afraid? Oh, I want be afraid just as long as you stand by me. Tell them about it, Mickey. We're back here on the Y'all Show playing a little Mickey Gilly because we're going to talk about Branson, Missouri, which is a spot that Mickey played for a long time, lived there, and more. And I had to play that Mickey Gilly song because 30 years ago, yours truly made a voyage to Branson for the very first time. And I had a good time and actually went to see Mickey in concert. I went there... Gosh, it must have been like March or April. It was not the hot time of year from a tourism standpoint. And so when I went to see Mickey in concert at his theater there, I would probably guess it was 25% full. And maybe that's the reason that the Louisiana guy, I think born in Natchez, Mississippi, though, originally, pulled me up on stage for some kind of skit or something. It's been 30 years, y'all, but... Love me some Mickey Gilly. This is the Y'all Show. We talk about all things Southern when we get together each and every day. And we've got a X account, Stay on the Strip, at Stay on the Strip. Branson's fastest growing vacation company. Discounts on show tickets, lodging, attractions, dining, and more. For Branson, Missouri. And that's how we're talking about Mr. Mickey Gilly and all the other greats that have performed in Branson through the years. Although you won't be seeing Mickey anymore, the late Mickey Gilly with a great discography that we love to pull out here to talk about the Branson experience. But 
Stay on the Strip has an X account that has put out the following. Local flavor in Branson, Missouri offers great southern comfort food and would like to know which you prefer. Let us know your favorite, and if you book a package with at Stay on the Strip, we will always recommend local Branson restaurants that you can find that, that you won't be able to find back home. And so they've got a survey up with this Branson, Missouri website that I'm going to tell you what the question is. The question is, ask from Stay on the Strip is, when you're there in Branson, Missouri, and you want to be able to go to a restaurant that you won't be able to find in your home area, do you want to have a fried chicken, delicious fried chicken? Or B, do you want fried catfish? And I bet you a lot of people prefer that catfish thing. You know, I remind a lot of people in the South that catfish is not the hottest thing going in a large portion of the South. It's it's not even certainly the hottest thing going around the nation. Let that one soak in for a minute, all you catfish lovers. It's not easy to find really good catfish in the South. And so that compared to fried chicken, yeah. I, I think most people going to Branson are going to likely go find them some good fried catfish. Unless they're scared of it. <laughs> they might be all about the chicken. I went in to a great catfish restaurant Saturday night. Yeah, great one. And I didn't get catfish. It was the first time I'd ever gone there, and I did not get catfish. I was not having the best of days, and I thought I'd go to this place because, well, it's just a nice place to go to. And guess what? They also have soft-serve ice cream on demand. <laughs> But I went in there and got the steak instead of the catfish. Is that blasphemy? I don't know if I should be admitting that to all y'all. But one reason I got the steak, because I had just had catfish, I think, the day before. And Yeah, I had. I had it on Friday. I had catfish at another great place the day before. And I probably, as much as I like catfish, I don't think I can eat it, but at most, once a week. Now, chicken, like a lot of you out there, I bet you you could eat chicken every meal of every day if it came down to it. (laughs) The true southern meat is fried chicken. Wouldn't you agree with that one? That's our thing. Thank you, Colonel Sanders, for what you did, uh, letting us have some good fried chicken. But, yeah, go to Branson, Missouri, and check out the many great restaurants there. Thank you, Stay on the Strip, for letting us know about good places. They didn't recommend specific restaurants there in their post, they just said, come here and have good either fried chicken or fried catfish when you're there in southwest Missouri. And if uh, you run out of good options there, you can run up to Springfield and check out Bass Pro Shop, too. I bet you they got some good options there. Up next is an X from Linguistic Discovery at L-I-N-G Discovery on X. Exploring the science and diversity of languages, what they have in their profile. Linguistic discovery out this week with the following post. Follow for language and linguistics run by Danny Heber, Ph.D. And they've got a post of what looks like a book 
that might be worth reading, especially if you're running a show about Southern dialect. You might want to pick up a copy of this <laughs> hint to myself. Their ex says, further reading Dialect, Diversity in America, the Politics of Language Change. Again, this is a post that Linguistic Discovery has put out about this book that has evidently just now come out called Dialect, Dialect Diversity in America, the Politics of Language Change. Some light reading for the weekend, perhaps, for some of you. <laughs> the Intellect of dialect, if uh, if that tickles your, you know what, I'm going to see if I can't pull up who wrote this book. It could have been the name that I just mentioned there, or it could be somebody else. Let's see what I can. It's out on <clears throat> on UVA, the University of Virginia Press, is who has published this book, and it looks like it is a book by William Labroff. Politics of Language Change, Dalek. Let's see here. The summary says, Sociolinguist William Labrov has worked for decades on change in progress in American dialects and on African-American vernacular English, a.k.a. A-A-V-E, good old African-American vernacular English. That's a new major you might could study. In this book, in Dialect Diversity in America, Labroff examines the diversity among American dialects and presents the counterintuitive finding that geographically localized dialects of North American English are increasingly diverging from one another over time. What are you talking about there, Professor? Professor, yes. It says, equally significant is Labroff's finding that, that AAVE, African American Vernacular English, does not map with the geography and timing of changes in other dialects. The home dialect of most African-American speakers has developed a grammar that is more and more different from that of the white mainstream dialects in the major cities studied and yet highly homogeneous throughout the United States. All right, this is, again, some maybe not so easy reading for you if you want to study up on this book Dialect Diversity in America, The Politics of Language Change from William Labroff. Again, you can find this at upress.virginia.edu. That is the publisher of this book, the University of Virginia Press. And study up on the book, and then you can also study up on this uh, A-A-V-E, another four-letter word for all y'all. All right, let's see if we can't find something a little less, uh, little less complicated. Designer... Propo is on X, at Designer Propo, and they've got a post that caught our eye here. It says, discover the timeless allure of Alabama with this vintage-inspired retro souvenir collection showcasing the rich history and southern charm of the heart of Dixie. And they've got some great-looking designs because Designer Propo creates colorful and unique designs for your favorite print-on-demand products. So go to the X account if you want to for Designer Propo at Designer at designer P-R-O-P-O and see some of the great things that they've got promoting the heart of Dixie. And that could really spice up your dorm room <laughs> or your honey 
what do they call that? The she shack or the man cave or whatever else you got out there, especially in this case, it, it looks like they got a lot of Alabama related products, but I bet you they got a few things from other Southern states available there on their website. That wraps up the opening hour of this y'all show. Thank you so much for being a part of the fun. Hang on. we got a whole lot more fun coming in hour number two. In addition to political talk, we'll hear from Andy Bashir. We've got food for thought coming up. We've got something to do with Veterans Day. Some free meal deals out there for all you veterans. We'll tell you all about it in hour two. show that shakes up everything across the south where the y'all show john rawl the general of all things southern glad to have you back here as we've got another hour of southern conversation coming your way more headlines to get to we'll talk a little political polling numbers in a second also more feedback from tuesday night's big election day as you had a couple of governors get re-elected speaking of those re-elected governors We've got audio of their victory speeches that we'll be playing for both Andy Bashir of Kentucky and Tate Reeves of Mississippi. We've got that audio coming to you momentarily here in our second hour of today's Y'all Show. Also in our headlines across the Southeast today, we will let you know about who will be on stage tonight as you've got the third Republican debate taking place in Miami President Trump will not be there, but we will tell you who will be at the third GOP debate tonight. Also in our fun that we've got lined up here in our second hour, it's our Southern Food for Thought, and we found a great little article that we wanted to share. It comes to us from military.com. We've got Veterans Day forthcoming on Friday, and in honor of Veterans Day and for all of you who have served, we've got courtesy of military.com. Veterans Day free meals and deals to pass along. And this could be something that would be very advantageous if you have worn the uniform of our armed forces. So stay tuned for that great information. We've got that coming up in this second hour. And before we say goodbye for hour two today, we've got our Southern Business Spotlight. And in the business news of the week, we've got an article about where the jobs are currently. And also Amazon and Affirm are helping small business owners. I'll explain with that business story later this hour. To get involved with the Y'all Show, it's easy to do. We've got our number that you can text 24-7, 615-208-4184. We also have a pretty cool little email address. That's checked constantly, and we welcome your emails to mail at y'all.com. Mail 
at y'all.com. Would love to hear from you. And while I'm thinking about it, let me see if I can't pull up. Somebody had just sent me an image that I said, you know what, I need to bring that up on the y'all show when I get a chance because that, that's pretty funny right there. Mm, you know, I get so much stuff, which is a good thing. I am not complaining. I get all kinds of feedback from all of you. And and here here's what I've got. It's actually a reel, but I'm not going to play a reel for you. But I've got the screenshot of the reel. It's a it's a fella sitting in his car eating fast food. Looks like a little small cheeseburger he's eating there in the comfort of his car all by himself. And since we're going to be talking business this hour, I thought this might be a good chance to share something since I just bragged about how you can text us or email us at the y'all show. So the fellow's sitting there in his car munching on a cheeseburger, and this thing has a caption that says, Me, when I get food without my wife and kids, and it's only $5.28, instead of $318 and an argument. And he's got a point there. You know, as a as a guy, I can tell you that we don't have to always have the nicest food to, to survive on. A simple value meal at a fast food place often does the trick when we're by ourselves and we're just fine with it and we can eat in our car and be just fine with it. And the point of this particular meme is to point out that whenever you're by yourself as a fella, at least, you enjoy eating that fast food in the car and it only costs you $5.28. Meanwhile, if you had your honey and the kids along, You'd probably argue about where you're going to go. And then, yeah, in the Bidenomics world that we live in, it probably would cost you $300 for the same getting full for yourself. Things have uh, spent, they've spun out of control financially. I appreciate the person that sent that on to me. That's pretty funny, and I love funny. One of the things that we try to do here on the Y'all Show is bring a smile to your face, but $318 bills don't bring too many smiles i i I reckon not i reckon not (laughs) but we're glad to have this show absolutely free of charge by the way delivered to you each and every day you can find the y'all show on awesome radio stations plus we're available in podcast form you can find us on spotify the iHeartRadio app the tune in app plus apple podcast apple itunes and the coup de gras y'all.com the south's homepage we got some exciting stuff with y'all.com that we'll be sharing with you in the days to come. So make sure you hang on for that info. Let's tell you about some exciting stuff going on around the Southeast today as we pick up our news headlines. And the big story as we hammered people in hour one with this information, not only did Democrats win the day on Tuesday, but abortion won the day. If you are a pro-abortion person, you ought to be Smiling big today because abortion is now going to be legal in the state of Ohio. Abortion is not going to get fooled with in Virginia, as Glenn Youngkin, the governor there, had hoped to get both bodies of his state house, the House of Commons, I believe is what it's called, to get those in order as Republican legislatures, and maybe they might push for a change, maybe a 15-week policy on abortions. Both houses of government now in Richmond are Democrat-controlled after Tuesday's election. And then in Kentucky, Andy Bashir wins the governor's race there over a guy who was a staunch pro-lifer, Daniel Cameron. So Democrats had a very, very good Tuesday. 
There was one exception, and I'll tell you about that exception in a sec. But as I said, Andy Bashir becomes, I think he is now, I think he said it in his speech on Tuesday, only the third Kentuckian to ever win back-to-back terms as governor of the Bluegrass State. So congratulations to the Louisville area guy who ran, I would say, a pretty straight-down-the-middle campaign, didn't get too far left, but still had a lot of left support. And he's going to have a chance to govern from Frankfurt the rest of the next couple of years as a darling of the Democrats. He went in. If you look at the numbers for Andy Bashir, yes, he dominated in Louisville. He dominated in Fayette County, which is Lexington. Easily won those as he did in 2019. But what made this election different was if you look at the state of Kentucky and some of those counties that were definitely pro-Trump, definitely carried by Trump. In fact, in 2020, Trump won every county in the state of Kentucky except Jefferson County, which is Louisville, and Fayette County, which is Lexington. Every one of the other counties in the Commonwealth went to Donald Trump. And in this Bashir election from Tuesday, he won a bunch of counties that were Trump counties, including many counties down on the Tennessee border, which was a swath of nothing but red in 2020. And if you look at it today, lots of blue. Not exactly western, extreme western Kentucky. That's solid red, it looks like. But a lot of those areas, like around Bowling Green and in other portions of western Kentucky, Bashir did what he had to do to have a relatively easy win. This thing got called pretty early on Tuesday, and he gets a chance to lead Kentucky and become a new face, if you will, nationwide. Here's the guy that won as a Democrat, a second term in office in an extremely conservative and extremely red Commonwealth of Kentucky. Congratulations to Bashir. Let's go to Louisville for a moment and pick up some of Bashir's victory speech that he had Tuesday night as he will continue his run as the governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Here is Governor Bashir. Tonight, Kentucky made a choice. A choice not to move to the right or to the left, but to move forward for every single family. A choice to reject Team R or Team D and to state clearly that we are one Team Kentucky. A choice of Jack Harlow over Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And tonight, and tonight, the people of Kentucky elected me as just the third two consecutive term governor in our history. But folks, this wasn't my win. This was our victory. 
It was a victory that sends a loud, clear message. A message that candidates should run for something and not against someone. That a candidate should show vision and not sow division. And a clear statement that anger politics should end right here and right now. Just, just look at what we were up against. Five super PACs. My opponent's super PAC. Mitch McConnell's super PAC. Rand Paul's super PAC. The Club for Growth. The Republican Governors Association. All running ads full of hate and division. And you know what? We beat them all at the same time. Yes, he did. Andy Bashir, by the way, Governor Bashir. The Democrats actually outspent the Republicans in this race for governor of Kentucky. The Vanderbilt alum, Andy Bashir, who actually turns 46 years young on November 29th. So happy early birthday to you, Andrew Graham Bashir, born in Louisville, Kentucky, back in 1977. He and his wife, Brittany, have two lovely kids. They were on stage with them there Tuesday night for the celebration of this guy, again, who gets another term as governor of Kentucky. Bashir got his undergrad degree at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, where he studied anthropology. Hmm. Fascinating. He's also a member of Sigma Chi, and he would go on after Vanderbilt to go to the University of Virginia School of Law, where he got his law degree back in 2003. He is the son of of Steve and Jane Bashir, both of them on stage. Steve Bashir was the 61st governor of Kentucky, serving from 2007 to 2015. So I guess he was a two-term governor of the Bluegrass State, and now his little boy is doing the same thing, following in Daddy's footsteps. That's pretty impressive, actually. So the Bashir name, a dynasty now in the Bluegrass State, and Bashir gets that opportunity to take the reins and go forward like a wild horse in a place where wild horses aren't too often found. <laughs> they're they're well-bred and well-fed and uh, race at Keeneland and other neat little places. But uh, you know what? Andy is quite the show horse. And congratulations to this Kentuckian with a big win on Tuesday, the new Re-elected governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Now let's move on down to Mississippi, where Tate Reeves was up for re-election. Tate had been the two-time lieutenant governor under Phil Bryant back when Bryant was the governor of the Mississippi. Then Tate Reeves ran for election as Mississippi's governor in 2019, easily won that race for governor. But this time, going up against Elvis Presley's second cousin, was not exactly the easiest of things to try to pull off for the Rankin County, Mississippi native, Jonathan Tate Reeves, good JTR, who, if you don't know, is not even 50 years old. He's 49. So you had a pair of 40-somethings with big electoral victories on Tuesday, one on the Republican side and one on the Democrat side. 
But Tate Reeves, the alumnus of Millsaps College, where he was a K.A., Robert E. Lee, his hero, as he is mine too, Tate. Uh, Yeah, Tate Reeves there, going from the Jackson area, which is where he grew up, to being the governor of the state of Mississippi. He had a career working in financial work with AmSouth Bank, Trustmark Bank as well. He was a financial portfolio manager before getting involved in politics. He ran for state treasurer, and he was Mississippi's state treasurer. Young guy, but elected to that position in 2004, and then went on to be, as I said, Phil Bryant's lieutenant governor during his time. And then in 2019, he ran for governor and successfully won that. And on Tuesday evening, going up against... Brandon Presley, Tate Reeves was successful, eking out a victory. I won't say it was a dominating win in the state of Mississippi, a little bit, maybe a little too close for comfort for Republicans, but Presley had a lot of money coming in to support him. He had that Elvis thing going, and Reeves gets the victory. Let's go down to Jackson, where we might have a fever, but we ain't got no Democrat now in control of Mississippi. We got a Republican back in control because he won re-election. It's Tate Reeves' victory party after he was declared the winner. And let's go to this video of the Mississippi governor talking to the audience and bringing out a little knowledge about his own financial background as he gets going. If 20 years ago, we started this. They did, but we won. And I just want to give you some numbers because, you know, I'm a math guy. How's this? 15 and 0. Not too bad for what the Democrat Super PAC Mississippi Today called one of the most unpopular governors in America. Now, a few moments ago, I spoke with Brandon Presley and accepted his congratulations. Brandon campaigned hard. He went to communities all over this great state. Now, he and I will always have our differences. I think we made that pretty clear in this campaign. But I want to congratulate him on running hard all the way through. And I got to tell you, I'm not going one second further in this speech without saying thank you to the most important voter in the state of Mississippi, and that's Ely Reeves. And I think it's fair to say, if we'd run her instead of me, this race never would have been close. She's a great first lady, a great partner, a great mom, and I hope you'll join me in giving her a round of applause. And I also want to say thank you to Tyler, Emma, and Maddie. And I just want to say, I love y'all. 
I also want to say a thank you to someone that I've grown to know very well. I want to thank someone that I spoke with just a few minutes ago, President Donald J. Trump. I want to thank him. He, he, he was very, very adamant. Please tell the people of Mississippi, I love y'all. All right, there you have it. Trump said, did you think Donald Trump really told Tate Reeves, quote, I love y'all. That's what Tate Reeves was just saying there. Uh, I'm glad I let that play through. You know, he did the, um, the, the obligatory thanking the wife. That's always important when you just win an election and, and thanking the kids and the love. And he said, I love y'all. That's good. See, this is why we have a show about the South. You know, we're, we're pointing out these things that are important. Maybe maybe the Daniel Camerons of the world or the, even the Brandon Presleys weren't yawling it up enough. I'm not, I'm not really sure. <laughs> but Tate Reeves sure doesn't hold back, and he elected for another term to lead the Magnolia State of Mississippi. I do have a little criticism there, Governor, though. There in your big victory celebration, you had the Mississippi flag prominently displayed behind you several different times over. You know, you didn't have that flag up when you won in 2019. What was the other Mississippi flag? Uh, wonder what's changed. Of course, I'm not mad about the the flag did change while he was governor during this first term. I'm not mad at him specifically about that, but you sure don't need to go overboard promoting it, governor. And that's what I'm seeing with that uh, election victory. Republicans solidly in control of Mississippi, now that they've got both houses of the state house in Jackson and Tate Reeves back leading the state for another four-year term. That the big stories from a gubernatorial standpoint from Tuesday's election. Now, the news not quite as fun for Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. On Tuesday, although he was not on the ballot, all the positions in the House of Delegates were up for, for a vote. And Democrats held on to one chamber, and then they flipped the other chamber. So Youngkin, who was riding high and hearing all the nice praise about, hey, you you might could run for president. You're making Virginia go red. As Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. And today, Youngkin's star is sullied. And I don't know what this means except that Virginia, if you thought Virginia could come back to, to, to the earth and come back and be a southern state politically and join up with the rest of the south, northern Virginia and the liberals that have moved in there from Washington, D.C., it is a, it, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It is not. If you're a conservative, you might as well just write Virginia off going forward. And Maryland, and that's it's a cancer, a conservative. Uh, uh, I won't say a conservative cancer, but it's a liberal cancer for sure. That there need to be a a conservative solution, if if at all possible. Maybe they can build a moat between Virginia and North Carolina, and try to try to get away from that virus that's spreading over there outside of Washington D.C. The liberal virus. What a tough, tough deal for Virginians who were looking to really make some some change because 
as we know, as we are seeing in the United States halls of government right now, when you've got a split legislature coming up with things that actually pass both houses of government and then have your chief executive sign on to it, it's a tough, tough thing. It's a tough, tough ask. And Virginia is going to have a tough couple of years now with a Republican governor and two Democratic-led bodies of government in Richmond. Elsewhere in our news headlines of the day, we want to let you that know that, that you've got a political debate going on on this Wednesday evening. If you didn't have enough fun Tuesday having Election Day, on this Wednesday evening, tune in to the third Republican presidential debate. It's taking place in the city of Miami, as you're going to have the governor of the Sunshine State, Ron DeSantis, on stage, as well as the former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, former U.N. ambassador, also businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Those are the ones, these five, that qualified for this debate. The RNC has put out a statement saying that former President Trump, who certainly qualified for the debate, is going to skip this third debate. So tune in and see these five go at it for the kitty table, I guess you could say, as Trump has that commanding lead over all of them. But one person that won't be on stage is the North North Dakota governor, Doug Burgum. He fell short of qualifying for this third Republican debate. So the stage is getting a little smaller in Republican world. Now, Trump will be in Florida. In fact, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, we just heard the Kentucky governor called her out because she went to Kentucky to help out Daniel Cameron this week. She failed there. You did also hear Andy Bashir mention that Jack Harlow won out over Sarah Sanders this week. Well, who is Jack Harlow, if you're not familiar? He is a Louisville-born rapper. He's a big rapper, Jack Harlow. I'm getting a thumbs up. He must be pretty good in, in the rapping world. He's a rapper, singer, and actor. And he came out in 2020 was when he made his debut. He was considered Variety's hit maker of the year and was listed in Forbes 30 under 30. So he was out helping Andy Bashir win election this week, Jack Harlow. His debut single was What's Poppin'? Oh, yeah, What's Poppin'? And it got popular on TikTok. And then he had a remix with rappers DaBaby. And Lil Wayne, and that went way up the chart. And now he's been involved in acting. He was in a 2023 remake of the 1992 film White Men Can't Jump. So we're having a remake of White Men Can't Jump come out pretty soon, (laughs) if it's not out already. Uh, Jack Harlow helping Bashir cross the finish line. Sarah Sanders not able to help Daniel Cameron. Now Sarah Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, going to be in Miami trying to help out down there. Although, no, 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 I'm sorry. She's going to be in Miami, but not because of – I'm getting my political people and their travel itineraries mixed up. I heard her talk about this earlier in the week. She's going to South Florida today, but it's not because of the Republican debate. She's going to Florida because – just down the street from where the Republican b- debate's going on, 
President Donald Trump, the 45th president, is having his own little rally. And Sarah Sanders is going to be there. So that's what's going on with Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. I would put her down on a short list for a gov- uh, for a vice president, y'all. I, I really would. She and Trump are thick as thieves, just like Laney and Lauren Elena. Which, by the way, I'm going to tell you here shortly, today is Lauren Elena's birthday. Yeehaw! We'll have to give her a little little shout-out, and we will when we have our tribute to all the fun stuff in our three today's when we have that uh, information passed along to you about birthdays and other events that happened on this day in history. Speaking of, uh, oddly enough, speaking of this day in history, and I'll tell you more about it in hour three, this was the day that Donald Trump beat Hillary Rodham Clinton for president. Back in 2016, Uh, big event, big event. So we've got the Republican debate, the third one going on on this Wednesday evening. Check it out if you'd like to. I guess Fox has it. I don't even know. You know, that's poor journalism on my part for not telling you what broadcast channel to tune in. But what I can tell you is tune in Thursday to the Y'all Show, and we'll tell you all about how it went down. We sure will, y'all. All right. Elsewhere in our headlines across the southeast today, I want to let you know that you have going on on this Wednesday evening not just political stuff that you can tune in to see. you got the CMA Awards that goes down in Nashville, and tonight's event is going to honor Jimmy Buffett. As you've got the Zach Brown Band and others on stage to honor the great Mississippi singer who died on Labor Day weekend this year. And there's some big performances scheduled. People like Carrie Underwood will be in attendance, Chris Stapleton, Morgan Wallen. It's country music's prime time night, the CMA Awards airing on ABC starting at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Now, we're only two weeks and a day away from Thanksgiving 2023. And Baskin-Robbins to the rescue, as Baskin-Robbins is going to bring you Thanksgiving all this month with their flavor of the month. It's Turkey Day Fixins is the name of this ice cream that you can get. Turkey Day Fixins. And what exactly is it? It's a combination of sweet potato and autumn spice ice creams mixed with honey cornbread pieces and swirls of ocean spray cranberry sauce. Turkey Day fixings from Baskin-Robbins melds together all your favorite sweet and savory sides, including sweet potatoes, cornbread, and cranberry sauce. (laughs) The turkey... Uh, turkey, I mean, this sounds better than turkey, actually. So check it out at Baskin-Robbins. They should have it at your local Baskin-Robbins location. They also have turkey cake back on sale. And this is Baskin-Robbins' take on roasted turkey as it's made to look like it's fresh out of the oven as it's filled with any flavor of delicious ice cream you like, decorated with sugar cone legs covered in caramel praline glaze. The turkey cake at Baskin Robbins, and then they've got this Turkey Day Fixins flavor of ice cream. I went on Wednesday or Tuesday and had me a pint of ice cream. Now today I've got an appointment with the gym. 
No, it's good. I didn't have the turkey day fixings, but I did have ice cream and I did have a pint. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> and that's a look at some of our news headlines for this first, or rather this second hour of the show all about the Southeast. Hang on. When we come back, we've got a little information to pass along in terms of our veterans. We've got Veterans Day officially showing up this weekend on Saturday is November 11th, but the holiday that many of you will have off is on Friday. And in honor of that, courtesy of the website military.com, we've got some real awesome free meals and deals to tell you about. So thank you, veterans, for what you've done. And we are going to try to save you a little money when the Y'all Show rolls on with more of this middle hour. song there. It was the second single ever for U.S. Army veteran George Strait, taking you back to 1981, the follow-up to Unwound. That was the only George Strait single of that entire 1980s decade that did not go into the top 10 of the country music airplay chart. Again, peaking at number 16, down and out from King George Strait. And George Strait again, an Army veteran, and that's where he kind of got his musical chops polished when he was in the Army, started playing in a band, and after his Army days, he and the band got going on the country music charts, doing so well, and for King George and all of our veterans of our military, want to Wish you an early, happy Veterans Day. Of course, this holiday comes as a result of Armistice Day. That is the day back in 1918 on November 11th at 11 in the morning, World War One came to a pause. It was actually not a surrender. It was an armistice. At that time, when the forces had the armistice on the German side and on the Allied side, the forces of France and Great Britain and the United States, they most likely didn't think that that would end the fighting. They thought it was just a literally a timeout and that fighting would resume at some point. Thankfully, World War I would never resume. Unfortunately, some 25 years later, World War II would be up and going, and it was even worse than World War I, which is hard to say, but absolutely true. So Veterans Day coming up. 
the national holiday where you have post offices closed and a lot of people have the day off is on Friday. And then November 11th is Saturday. And there will be parades and lots of festivities going on around the country in honor of our veterans as Armistice Day has kind of segued into now Veterans Day, a salute to those who have served. And Military.com has come out with an article that caught our attention here at the Y'all Show. It's 2023 Veterans Day Free Meals and Restaurant Deals and Discounts. So I wanted to tell you a few of these. If you are a veteran or if you know someone, make sure you've got your military ID and you can go out and take advantage of these if the local restaurant is participating or local business participating in these special deals for Veterans Day this year. Veterans Day free meals exist at Applebee's on Saturday, November 11th. Active duty military veterans, reserves, and National Guard members that dine in at the restaurant get a complimentary full-size entree from a special menu. That's at Applebee's. Also, I'm trying to pick up some of these that are available nationwide. You have Bob Evans, veterans and active duty members of the military get a free meal from a select menu on November 11th, dine-in only. Bonefish Grill, active duty service members and veterans get a complimentary order of Bang Bang Shrimp on Saturday, November 11th with valid ID. They also uh, You get a, a soft drink with that deal from Bonefish Grill. Buffalo Wild Wings, veterans and active duty service members get a free order of 10 boneless wings and fries on November 11th with valid ID. Only available for dine-in. Also, I think this is a Knoxville-based company, Calhoun's. I've been to a few of those. On Veterans Day, November 11th, not on Friday, but on Saturday, veterans and active-duty military get a free lunch from 1045 until 4 p.m. on November 11th. Military ID required. Man, there are a lot of places that are having deals. Carolina Ale House. Love those restaurants if you're in South Carolina specifically. Veterans and military members get a free half-rack rib platter with coleslaw and fries on Saturday, November 11th at participating locations of Carolina Ale House. Skipping forward, let me find a couple more. How about Circle K? Circle K's got a deal if you have one of those near you. As on Saturday, November 11th, Circle K offering a free coffee through the Circle K app for veterans and active duty military personnel. Uh, Duncan Duncan has a special deal. Veterans and active duty military get a free donut of their choice on Saturday, November 11th at participating locations in store only. How about the grocery store chain Food City? Food City is offering on Saturday. Veterans and active duty military get a free meal from the Deli Hot Bar on November 11th. It's a good time to be a veteran on Saturday, November 11th. And that's the day that most of these places are having their specials. Ikea, from November 10th until 12th, so a couple of days here, veterans and active duty military members with a valid ID can dine for free in the restaurant of Ikea. Check that out. IHOP, veterans and active duty military get free red, white, and blueberry pancakes or a pancake combo on Saturday, November 11th from 7 until 7. Dine-in only at participating restaurants. Logan's Roadhouse. Veterans and active duty military personnel get a free meal with a valid ID from a special menu at participating locations on November 11th. 
dine-in only. 11 until 3 is what it says. Also, you've got, how about Perkins? Perkins located in select places in the south. Veterans in the active duty military get a free Magnificent 7 meal on November 11th with valid ID. And how about, let's see, some of these I'm, I'm not sure. How, Shoney's. You got a Shoney's near you? Veterans and active duty military get a free breakfast on Saturday, November 11th from until 11 a.m. at participating Shoney's restaurants. You got to have your military ID, of course, for that. Starbucks. Starbucks is honoring those who have served with a free tall 12-ounce hot or cold brewed coffee for veterans, military service members, and even military spouses if you come into a participating store on November 11th. That from Starbucks. I'm surprised they would get out and do this. Wendy's, active duty military and veterans of the military get a free breakfast combo Saturday, November 11th at participating Wendy's locations while breakfast hours are going on. Got to show your ID. So lots of great, great free deals, and a lot of other places are offering discounts and more. Go to military.com and check out this article about Veterans Day free meals Deal free meal deals and restaurant deals and discounts. Military.com is the website, and glad to pass that along and glad to raise my hand up and salute all of those of you who have served, and of course, those who are serving now, and even more so, those who have served and paid the ultimate sacrifice. That's more of a Memorial Day deal, but it's never. A, a bad time to thank those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. We're going to wrap up this hour of the Y'all Show after this. Sitting in a tiny table in a ritzy restaurant. Thank you, Sammy Kershaw, for helping us set the stage for our last little segment of this second hour of the Y'all Show Wednesday edition. A little Southern business news to pass along. And CNBC's got an article up. Here's what they're, where the jobs are for October in one chart, kind of recapping what came out here. And the October jobs are pretty big in the healthcare and social assistance industry. Big time gains there as 77,000 more jobs added in the month of October. Government jobs now rising to 51,000. Go to the article at CNBC.com and learn more. Amazon has unveiled a new buy now, pay later option from a app called Affirm, and that is for small business owners. Amazon rolling it out. As a option for you, if uh, you have a small business, this could help you make your streamline of purchases for consumers go a lot better. The tech giant has this partnership with Affirm as it's expanding Amazon Business, an e-commerce platform for companies. And it's all to boost a critical and crucial relationship they've got with Affirm. Also, Wonder Group, a food delivery startup, has gone to be a $100 million investment. That is from Nestle, as Wonder Group has gotten this investment from Nestle, according to sources familiar with the matter. The two companies plan to sell 
high-tech kitchen equipment and food to businesses such as hotel, hospitals, and sports arenas. Sign me up. And that's a wrap of our business stories of the week. We'll be right back with Hour 3 after this. back talking about what's going on across the southeast we've had a lot of political talk on this program as we had election day in many places across the southeast on tuesday you know a lot of places didn't have a single thing going on political wise so i don't want to hammer it too much but we we had a pretty big day in certain southern states like kentucky and virginia and mississippi we'll recap a little bit but today in this hour I'm going to tell you about some polling that came out just before all the actual results came in from Tuesday's election day. And the news was not very kind to President Joe Biden as CNN authored this new polling. And it's pretty fascinating, real fascinating for Donald Trump. We'll have that information in a sec. Also, in this hour of the Y'all Show, we'll be walking you through Some other news of the day included, and that is Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner. If he had a telephone and $500 in cash, what what would he do with it? Plus, we also have the sexiest man alive. Thank you, everybody, for the nominations for me, but I really really don't want to be considered for that this year. Maybe, Maybe next year. But we do have the winner of that that we'll be telling you about as we go forward in our headlines across the southeast for this final hour of our Wednesday edition. Also coming up in this hour, we have our Southern History Spotlight. We love to tell you what has happened on this day in history. And speaking of Trump, it was on this day in history in 2016 that he officially won the presidential election over Hillary Clinton. And we'll tell you a little bit more information about that as we have that History Spotlight. Plus, we've got some folks with birthdays today. Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from Oklahoma, Sam Bradford. Former St. Louis Rams QB, Sam Bradford with a B-Day today. Congratulations, sir. And Lauren Elena. We'll play some Lauren Elena music to help her celebrate her big day. She's turning 29 today. The lady out of North Georgia, right around the Chattanooga area, is where she's from. Country music singer, Lauren Elena. So we've got history and birthdays to celebrate here this hour Plus, we also have to wrap up things for this Wednesday edition, our Southern Humor Spotlight. And I want to introduce you to, if you haven't heard of this guy, Mark Norman. Mark Norman is from New Orleans. He is considered one of the funniest funny men out there. I'll tell you how that got to be. I I found out about him from a website that tracks the greatest comedians going, and he was in the top ten. And so today, we're going to hear him talk in a stand-up routine, it's 
not exactly X-rated by any means. No, it's not. It's it's certainly R-rated. So just be advised whenever. I mean, it's nothing nothing uh, curse word wise R-rated, but his subject matter because he's a comedian and comedians tell us things that's you know that, that that's on their mind, but also they kind of just speak the truth of what's going on in society. So we're going to have a fun time listening to Mark Normand as we wrap up this Wednesday edition as part of our Southern Humor Spotlight of the Week. That is forthcoming in this final hour. want to let you know that you can reach us here on the Y'all Show as we have our text line open, 615-208-4184, and our email address is open, mail at y'all.com. Quick recap of what happened on Tuesday across the country. It was Election Day. And a large focus of Election Day was on the South. We had three states where elections mattered, Virginia, Kentucky, and in Mississippi. In Virginia, the governor was not up for re-election. He only gets one term, as Governor Yunkin had to sit back and watch to see if on this day, on Tuesday, the House of Delegates there would switch over, if you would have a state Senate and a state House both go to Republicans. And if that were going to be the case, Youngkin could get across much more of his policy measures in these last two years that he's in office. Well, it didn't happen that way. Virginia has now gone back to having both houses of government in Richmond be Democratic held. And that's not a good sign for Republicans. Abortion, most likely the reason for that change. That's what happened in Virginia on Tuesday. In Kentucky, Andy Bashir, the interim, the, not interim, the incumbent there, that's the I word I was looking for, the incumbent governor of the Bluegrass State, Bashir, easily reelected over Daniel Cameron. Abortion had something to do with that one, only because his opponent, Daniel Cameron, was such a pro-lifer, and that turns a lot of people off. It really does, especially if it comes from a guy. The other thing I was watching CNN, as I often do, Tuesday evening, and Jackson, Tennessee's own Van Jones was commenting on Daniel Cameron. And I'm going to try to talk in a way that only Van Jones can. But Van Jones, the CNN commentator, he's a Democratic commentator that's regularly on CNN. I I saw him last night. I've already seen him today in the early morning hours on CNN. He, He works his tail off on political stuff. He was once with Obama in the White House, by the way. Van Jones, talking about the Cameron Bashir race in Kentucky, pointed out, and I'm going to summarize, he says, you know, normally I'm all for a black guy running for office. I'm all for that guy normally. But Cameron, remember, is a Republican, and Van Jones Jackson Central Mary alum that he is, UT Martin alum that he is. And I think he went to Harvard Law School, I think. One of the Ivy League schools, smart guy. Uh, He pointed out that Daniel Cameron did not get any love from the black community of Kentucky. And it was primarily because of Breonna Taylor. Van Jones said that at a time where Daniel Cameron, as the Attorney General of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, had the opportunity to prosecute the police officers involved in Breonna Taylor, the, what was she, a dispatcher or something like that with Louisville's police force, and she was killed in her apartment. 
mistake, mistakenly killed by Louisville police force members that Cameron had a chance to go after some of those police officers and chose to do nothing. And he said, Van Jones, that's why this guy, he might even use the word brother, that's why Daniel Cameron was obliterated by the black community on Tuesday. That's Van Jones's thoughts. Okay, all right, so we're just telling it like it is. Daniel Cameron goes down to Andy Bashir Tuesday in Kentucky. Now to Mississippi. Van Jones didn't have a whole lot to say about Mississippi because Elvis Presley's second cousin, Brandon Presley, was on the ballot against Tate Reeves, the incumbent there. Tate Reeves wins, and Republicans have a solid majority in both houses of government in Jackson, as well as now Tate Reeves back as the governor. Delbert Hoseman easily wins lieutenant governor. Every Republican, I think, on the ballot, on statewide ballot, easily won in the state of Mississippi. Mississippi now may just be more red than Oklahoma from a statewide election standpoint. So that's the big news. Ohio did vote for abortion language going into their constitution, which would allow for abortions to happen in that state. And abortion was a major driving force Tuesday in the elections around the country. Now we can turn our attention to one year from now, the big election day, the election day of 2024 in November of 2024, when, you know, sitting here placing a bet, you can't do that today. I can't guarantee you that Joe Biden's going to be on the ballot, and I can't guarantee you that the by far leading Republican Donald Trump is going to be up for president a year from now. There's a lot of time between now and November 2024. That's why on Tuesday, out of nowhere, CNN released a new poll they had come out with that looked at Biden and Trump, and Trump had a several-point edge over President Biden in CNN's poll that came out on Tuesday. And I watched the coverage. I watched this thing get unveiled on CNN and... uh, uh, I was I was impressed. I was I was definitely impressed by the numbers. Now again, as all the pundits said Tuesday night, we got a long way to go before November of 2024. But the numbers are are horrible for Joe Biden. The biggest horrible number for him is that 75 percent of the respondents to this poll said that Biden lacked the mental toughness, acuity, all the things needed. To be president, 75% of the people said that he did not have it. So only 25% said he did. Trump was more like 50-50, I think. And Trump got better numbers in terms of which of these two would be a better world leader. Trump bested Joe Biden. And overall, Trump comes out very strong. The most alarming thing that came out of the CNN polling for Trump and Biden was that Trump actually leads black males in support over Joe Biden. Black males are choosing Trump over Joe Biden in this poll. Women, black women, that is, solidly with Joe Biden. I don't know what it is, but black women 
are as Democrat as it can be. Uh, I, I think you could probably put on a very small cruise ship every black woman Republican in America. And it might not even be a cruise ship. It might be more of a pontoon. You could put on uh, Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor of Virginia. I guess she could go on that boat. And, I mean, there's not a single black congressman that's a woman in Congress, for example, right now. There's, I mean, I think Byron Daniels might be the only man. So that's that's that. I mean, as far as, I mean, they just don't, It's, it's you talk about a, uh, endangered species is a black woman Republican. Now, there aren't very many black men Republicans, but there really are very, very few. And I don't know how it got to be that way. If y'all know, let me know here to y'all show. But the men are splitting from the women. Black men, again, in this CNN poll, are pro-Trump. They prefer Trump more than Biden in this poll. And that is fascinating. I wonder how many times... There have been heated discussions in a black family household between the man and the woman. Are you a, are you Biden? Are you Trump? Are you Trump? You got to be kidding me! I wonder how many times law enforcement has come out for domestic arguments between any race of folks arguing over Trump and Biden. I bet it's a. I bet it happens every day. We just don't know about it. But let me know if it does happen to you. But that is the CNN, in my opinion, amazing data coming from this poll that just got released Tuesday from this organization. A guy that has been a CNN contributor in the past is now expected to leave the White House in his infrastructure coordinator role, the former mayor of the city of New Orleans, Mitch Landrieu, going to leave the White House. That's just coming out today as he is going to leave, it looks like, at the end of the year, according to reports. The mayor of New Orleans turned White House advisor, senior advisor, and infrastructure coordinator. I know he was big on the bipartisan effort for infrastructure, Mitch Landry, the the brother of the former U.S. Senator Mary Landry of the state of Louisiana. But a big decision coming out today that he's going to be leaving the White House, Mitch Landry, the guy that he really was kind of the first guy that started along with Nikki Haley tearing down statues in the South, and he took that tearing down to the to the White House. Elsewhere in our news headlines across the Southeast today, Steve Martin, the comedian, he's in the news because a book that he penned more than 20 years ago has now been banned in the Collier County, Florida schools. His book called Shop Girl banned. I don't know the reason, but Steve, the 78-year-old native of Texas, says now people who want to read the book will have to buy a copy. And they will if they want to read it there in the schools of Collier County, Florida. Shop Girl was among a bunch of other books that have been now banned. As Florida, under Ron DeSantis, they've got legislation that he signed that requires school libraries in Florida to seek community input on the materials that they make available to students. And Steve Martin, it's no it's no laughing matter, Steve, that Shop Girl is kicked out of Collier County in the state of Florida. Hmm. Tough tough one to, to swallow there, sir. 
And that's a look at some of our news headlines for this final hour of the show All About the South. When we come back, we've got Lauren Elena music to play for you. It is her birthday today. 29. Looks good on you, Lauren. We've got information about her. And today in history, some seven years ago, Donald Trump took over the election of 2016 as he bested Hillary Rodham Clinton on this day in history. We'll tell you a little bit more about that and some other fun things as we honor this day in history. Happy November the 8th, y'all. We'll be right back with y'all on this November 8th. Why do you keep on staring that mirror, mirror? It ain't fair at all. Mm-hmm. Dress sizes can't define. Don't let the world decide what's beautiful. No. Catchy little tune from birthday girl, Lauren Elena. We're back on the show about the South. And we'll tell you more about this North Georgia native and this great song that she had and what's going on with her. She's got a new duet out with Lainey Wilson. By the way, the CMA Awards airing live on ABC on this Wednesday evening. You might even get a glimpse of birthday gal, Lauren Elena, there on ABC. We're back talking about what happened on this day in history, our Southern history spotlight of the day. And where were you November 8th, 2016? I know exactly where I was. Although officially that day, I got to go back in time here. November 8th, 2016. Was that a Tuesday or was that the Wednesday? I'm only bringing it up because... It's on this day in history that Donald Trump is credited with winning the 2016 presidential election. And that was the Tuesday. So officially, and I know so because I was hanging out in Eastern time that day, he didn't officially get across the finish line until that Wednesday, early morning hours of Wednesday, the 9th of November 2016. And if you were a Trump guy... Or Trump gal, what a awesome, awesome night. It was so fun. And for years, I haven't watched it lately, but for years I've got on somehow YouTube the cycle of where they have recommended videos, and I have watched time and time again coverage of that night of November 8th, 2016, and the shock of the people who were supposed to be Journalists, people who were supposed to not be siding with a particular side, 
the absolute meltdown that they were having on the air, the meltdown of the glass ceiling crowd there gathered for Hillary Clinton in New York City. It was hilarious. And then a lot of the Trump people piled on with really creative text and titles that went along with these videos. But you've got to remember people like Andrea Mitchell of NBC losing it. I think she cried that night on the air. She wasn't alone. I mean, these people are are pathetic that they are so-called journalists and they're getting a chance to be on nationwide television and they side with a party like they did in this case. And people back in 2016, even then, talking about this was the end of democracy with Trump being elected. How could this fool be elected? Now, they're still saying that he's a threat to democracy, but they were even saying this before he even took over as president. And do I need to go back to the previous segment where he's leading Joe Biden in the latest CNN poll? And and somebody on TV last night when I was watching a lot of this election coverage was talking about the poll and and Trump's it was it was Axelrod David Axelrod talking about Trump and his and I don't think he meant to say it it just kind of uh, the guy's smart he's a smart talker but Axelrod said something to the effect of Trump's get out of jail free card and then and he realized what he had just said and kind of laughed about it. Because Trump has 91 possible convictions. I think of all all of them are felonies that he's having to fight through right now. Trump today fighting through Florida traffic because he's going to have a counter event to go up against the Republican, the third Republican debate that's going to be airing on this Wednesday evening. Trump having his own sort of rally. But boy, he had one subdued rally. Back on November, early morning of November 9th, 2016, because that's where, right around Trump Tower, I guess, might have been where they had this thing, the celebration of Trump being elected the 45th president of the United States. And that happened on this day in history, although technically it didn't happen until November the 9th, because that's when he got the congratulatory phone call, the concession from Hillary Clinton and Trump dominated. Let me remind you, Trump won in 2016 every Southern state with the exception of Maryland and Virginia. Every Southern state, Texas, Oklahoma, all the way to the Eastern Seaboard and the Electoral College. That ain't bad. Went in 14 of 16 of our Southern states. Unfortunately for him, 2020 didn't quite go the way 2016 did. On this day in history, we want to congratulate a great Southerner, a lady who truly helped publicize the South around the world with her writing and more. It was on this day back in 1900 that Margaret Munnerlyn Mitchell was born in Atlanta, Georgia, the lady that penned Gone with the Wind with a birthday today. And she won the National Book Award for Fiction for Gone with the Wind, and she also won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 1937 for Gone with the Wind. Frankly, my dear, you're a heck of an author. Margaret Mitchell, born on this day, and then she died in 1949 at age 48 in a just just very short life that she lived there. 
But what a awesome book, Gone with the Wind. One of the best movies ever made for a lady who had worked at the Atlanta Journal as a reporter and then went on to get into the book writing and more. And then with her sad ending in 1949, she was hit by a speeding motorist as she crossed Peachtree Street with her husband on the way to see the movie A Canterbury Tale. In 1949, she died at Grady Hospital. Just a unfortunate loss of this legendary Southern wordsmith, Margaret Mitchell, born on this day in 1900. Frankly, my dear. Also, another great, great Southern person from the entertainment world, born on this day in history. In 1920, Esther Roll was born in Pompano Beach, Florida. Esther, you might remember from her time on television, she had a little role on a program called Maud. <laughs> and then Maud had a spinoff series called Good Times. And Good Times was where she starred in a big way alongside John Amos. And what a awesome, awesome role she had there as Florida Evans, Florida and James on Good Times out of Chicago is where that was set in this great little show, one of TV's first black two-parent comedy shows, Good Times, and that starred Esther Roll. She lived until 1998. She lived until the age of 78 for this lady, again, born in Pompano Beach, Florida. She also grew up part of her life in the Bahamas where she Spent most of her childhood, I do believe, in Nassau. Esther Roll, born on this day in history. Patty Page with a birthday today. The Oklahoma native, of course, was a tremendous figure in entertainment world as a singer. And also, she had just a beautiful, graceful style. She sold over 100 million records during a six-decade-long career. Patty Page... With my eyes wide open and I'm dreaming, she sang the Tennessee Waltz, one of the biggest selling singles of the 20th century that she performed, Tennessee Waltz. Patty Page, born on this day in history and a tremendous, tremendous career in the world of, mostly in the singing world, but of course she worked and dabbled in other forms of entertainment. She died in 2013. She's been gone 10 years. She died at 85. The Oklahoman, Patty Page, born on this day in 1927. The legendary college football coach, Bobby Bowden, born November 8, 1929, born in Birmingham. He got his football playing days going as a player at Howard College in the Birmingham area. Howard would ultimately hire him to be an assistant coach and then head coach of Howard back in 1959. He coached them from 59 to 62. Howard would soon after that change its name to Samford University and move campuses. Bowden would go on to be a head coach at West Virginia in the early 1970s before in 1976 
being hired at Florida State University. He coached the Seminoles from 1976 until 2009. Along the way, he won two national championships in Tallahassee in 1993 and in 1999 and won 12 ACC titles while there in Tallahassee leading Florida State University. Bobby passed away August 8th of 2021 at the age of 91, died in Tallahassee. Bobby Bowden, born on this day in history. Happy birthday, Coach Bowden. Speaking of football, this guy is very much alive and a former Heisman Trophy winner. Happy birthday to Sam Bradford. Sam, born in Oklahoma City in 1987. He's 36 years old today. He grew up in Oklahoma City and then went on to be a great player for the Oklahoma Sooners, winning the Heisman Trophy in 2008 for OU and went on to be drafted by the St. Louis Rams as the number one draft pick of 2010. He was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year his first year in the league. Played for the Rams while they were still in St. Louis for five seasons before moving on to play with uh, other teams like the Eagles, Vikings. His last year in the league was with the Arizona Cardinals in 2018. Of course, Sam Bradford, part of his story is that he is an American Indian and has some great heritage there in the state of Oklahoma with his American Indian ancestry. Sam Bradford, born on this day. Happy birthday. Number, what was he, number 14? One of the many, many Oklahoma Sooners that have gone on to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't really heard anything from Sam Bradford lately. Sam, if you're listening, give us a ring, sir. And also born on this day, Lauren Elena Christine Suddeth. She just goes by her first two names, Lauren Elena. Lauren Elena, the country music singer and songwriter from Rossville, Georgia, and she was the runner-up on the 10th season of American Idol and then came out with a record just around that same time, Wildflower, and a, a beloved singer and great, great southern girl from North Georgia growing up right around the Chattanooga areas where this is located. And she's got a birthday today. Some of the songs that she's put out through the years that might have caught your eye. She's got a duet right now, or caught your ear, I guess, if it were music. But she's got the Thickest Thieves song out with Lainey Wilson right now that's pretty good. Georgia Peaches has been a pretty big song for her. But the song that we played coming into this break, Road Less Traveled, I believe that's the one that many people recognize her for as a solo artist, a catchy tune, and a great, great performance for Lauren Elena, who was a youngster when she got on American Idol. But now, today, she turns 29 years old. Lauren Elena, happy birthday. And that is a look at some of our fun and and entertaining people of the South. And then, of course, some of the events that have happened on this day in history as we walk you through the goings-on of Dixie each and every day on the Y'all Show. You can email us, mail at y'all.com. That's the easy way to email us there anytime. Plus, you also 
can find us on our Y'all Show text line. We have that open for you 24-7-615-208-4184. We'd love to get your feedback. We'll come right back with more of the Y'all Show. We're going to close it up with a good laugh. We've got a New Orleans native who's considered one of the rising stars of comedy, and we've got a clip of him on stage. Stay tuned for a comedy from Mark Norman to close out this Wednesday Y'all Show. birthday lauren elena and i thought you know she deserved to have another song play we played a really cool song to open up our tribute to all the birthday folks and historic things that happened on this day in history in the previous segment so a little georgia peaches for this segment from the georgia peace peach herself from rossville in northwest georgia is elena's hometown today her 29th birthday we're back here in this segment to wind down our Wednesday Y'all Show with a little fun about another Southerner. This time we go to the Big Easy to tell you all about what's considered to be, from Ranker.com, one of the funniest comedians of 2023 as they've gone and done one heck of a breakdown of comedians. And here are their lists. I'm going to just tell you, this is a legitimate list, the Ranker.com funniest comedian coming in at number one is Dave Chappelle. Number two, Bill Burr. Number three, Nashville's own Nate Bergazzi. He was a big part of ESPN's college game day this past weekend in Tuscaloosa. The guy is in love with Vanderbilt football, Vanderbilt sports, and he didn't even go there. I think he went to Nashville Tech. But Nate Bergazzi is the number three comedian on this ranker listing. But number four is a guy who I had not heard of. He's 40-year-old New Orleans native Mark Normand, and he checks in as the fourth funniest comedian of the year. Mark Normand. Have you heard of this fella? If you haven't, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's a stand-up comedian and actor that started performing in his hometown of New Orleans in 2008, and he's performed across the country. He's appeared on Conan, Jimmy Fallon, and more. And he even has a weekly podcast that he co-hosts called Tuesdays with Stories, and he does that with fellow comedian Joe List. They've been doing that for 10 years. 
He attended De La Salle High School in New Orleans before going on to attend the University of New Orleans. And then he would go on to graduate from Hammond's Southeastern Louisiana University. Go Lions! On the North Shore. Mark Norman, funny guy. He left New Orleans, went on the road, got a lot of lot of excitement, and has been in New York, lives there now in the West Village area. And uh, he's a funny guy. Again, 40 years young, stand-up comedian. His website is marknormancomedy.com. I've got a clip of him on stage. I had to be real careful what I picked here because this guy – is not somebody you probably want to bring and try to entertain the First Baptist Church for a fundraiser. But I believe this clip will be good, a little bit on the adult conversation, but nothing that's going to get us in trouble. Mark Norman from his Out to Lunch special. And here's a sample of him doing his thing on the Y'all Show in our Southern Comedy Spotlight on this Wednesday Y'all Show. Yeah, don't share. We don't care. Just feel. Yeah. We all have thoughts. I might want to sleep with your girlfriend. I just hold it in. I don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just feel it. We're so obsessed with words now. It kind of shows how good we have it. We've got to focus on words, you know? Like, in the 70s, it was all about actions. Like, if you want to show you're brave in the 70s, you had to jump over 12 buses on a motorcycle. Now I see a guy make an off-color joke at the office. I'm like, that guy's fucking... Well, sorry about that. I thought I had it queued up at the right spot. Sorry. My apologies. Not, not, uh, maybe not, again, for the First Baptist Church. That is a guy, again, Mark Norman. Check him out on YouTube, and his Out to Lunch special is something, again, could be funny, could be funny, and you might enjoy hearing and learning about it. We love our Southern comedians. This guy, again, Dave Chappelle, number one, is um, right there on top of this. Uh, it's called Ranker, Ranker Listings. Mark Norman comes in at number four. Some of the other comedians, Tom Secura is on there. Theo Vaughn, if you've heard of him. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, I haven't heard from him in a while. Uh, Louis C.K. on here as well as Bert Kreischer and Andrew Santino on here as well. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, a lot of these fellows get their fame from their Netflix or if they – I don't know if Amazon has – the certain comedy specials quite like Netflix does. But Mark Norman, if uh, if you get a chance, uh, it might be something after the kids go to bed, check him out here for his brand of comedy from New Orleans, Louisiana, right here on the Y'all Show. Well, that wraps up our Wednesday edition. Thank you so much for being a part of the fun. We'll be right back here Thursday with more of the program all about the Southeast. And we've got... Kiefer Ingalls dropping by. You talk about somebody that knows his pigskin, the pigskin prognosticator himself, on with us on Thursday. And we're going to break down the big games this weekend. You got college game day in Athens between the hedges for the undefeated Georgia Bulldogs and the one loss University of Mississippi. So that's maybe the biggest game in the South this weekend. Georgia really needs to win that one if they're. Going to keep marching on and try to usurp the Ohio State to the world. Did you see last week? Ohio State barely got past Rutgers, of all people. So we've got that coming on the Thursday, y'all show. That plus a whole lot more. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget, you can always get the y'all show in podcast form 
as we're available in podcast form on Spotify, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app, as well as Apple iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Just check it out. It is a guaranteed good listen, and you can share it with everybody in the barbershop or at church or wherever you wherever you got people that you converse with. We'll see you Thursday. Thank you for listening to the show that shakes the Southland. Southland.